Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. I'd like you to lift your hand to God. Say, God in heaven, let your heaven open upon me right now. Let the gates of brass be broken. Let the bars of iron be caught in thunder. Do something unique in my life today. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear what other people cannot hear. Let me see the invincible. Let me hear the inaudible tonight. I'm grateful, O oh God, for the power that is in your word. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you impart us with your word tonight. Sanctify us with your word, for your word is truth, O oh God. Thank you for everything. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Please give the Lord a big hand as you take your seat. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you real good. If you please like to open your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 9. The book of Romans. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The book of Romans chapter 9. I read the message translation from verse 10 to 13. Romans chapter 9 from verse 10 to 13. And then I'll read another scripture in First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9 to 10. Romans chapter 9. Glory be to God. In the message translation, the word of the Lord says... And that's not the only time to Rebekah. Also, a promise was made to, that took priorities over genetics when she became pregnant by one of a kind of an ancestor, Isaac, and her babies were still innocent in the womb, incapable of good or bad. She received a special assurance from God. What God did in this case made it perfectly plain that his purpose is not a eat or miss thing depending on what we do or don't do. But a sure thing determined by his decision flowing steadily from his initiative. God told Rebecca, the firstborn of your twins will take second place. Later that was turned into a stark epigram. I love Jacob. I hated Esau. There is something about the impartial partiality of God. I don't know whether you've heard that before. The impartial partiality of God. God is not partial. But at times something he does, it looks as if it's kind of partiality. How can you love a boy that's not yet born and hate another one that's not yet born? It bothered me for so long. And I kept asking and I kept asking questions until the revelation dawned on my heart that God Almighty has said in his word that the race is not to the swift and the battle is not to the strong. You see, time and chance happen to them all. So I said, God, so how come? He said, I knew that Esau would despise his bad right and I know that my plans was going to be fulfilled through this man called Jacob. In First Chronicles, First Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 10 
verse 9 to 10. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, Jabez, still in message translation, was a better man than his brothers, a man of honor. His mother had named him Jabez. Oh, the pain, saying, a painful birth. I bore him in great pain. Jabez prayed to God of Israel, bless me, oh, bless me. Give me land, large tracts of land, and provide your personal protection. Don't let evil hurt me. God gave him what he asked. You see, we were all created great. Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, 28. He said, come let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let him have dominion over all the fishes of the sea, birds of the air, and over everything that creep upon the face of the heart. So God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. And verse 20 says, and God blessed them. What was he doing? He was creating them great. We were all created great. But guess what? We were not all born great. Some were born to be winners. Some were born to be losers. Story was told of two guys who received the prophecy. And uh, citizen one received the prophecy and said, you're going to be king. So take it easy. Have fun. Because the royalty is yours. Citizen two was told, you're going to be a servant. So make up your mind to be a servant. You know, citizen one that was told to be, that, that he was going to be king, he started throwing parties all around the place. He called all his friends. He spent money. He did everything. He was just having a lavish entertainment and an awesome time, wonderful time, glorious time. He was enjoying it. It was a fast track. It was just having the best of his life. He felt, I'm going to be king tomorrow. Look at that. So he did nothing again. So he will go in, he will come in. Day will come, night will come. Cycles of life going. 86,400 seconds in one day. Going every day. Every day. One year, two years, three years. If you multiply 86,400 seconds a day for 365 days of every year. So time was going. But he had it in his comfort zone, the back of his mind. I'm going to be king tomorrow. But the citizen too. Well, who was told I was going to be a servant? Guess what? He started dusting himself. He started working hard. He said, if I'm going to be a servant, I'm going to be a good one. He, he went just like uh, Jabez said, give me land. He went and took land. He got land. He started farming. He had a large mechanized farming. He was producing crops. He was adding value to people. He was helping, giving food to people, one thing or the other. He was just being a John, a blessing to people all around him everywhere he felt well I'm going to be a servant maybe I wasn't born great suddenly famine came to the old city and there was no food to eat 
Then everybody remember that citizen too had a farm somewhere. So everybody started joining down. To, they took their chariots. They took their cars. They took their limos and everything. They drove them there, brought their trucks and every other thing. All the Tundra, all the Mercedes trucks and everything. They brought it to the place and said, we want food. He said, well, you need to buy the food. So they were buying food from citizen two that was told that it would be a servant. And everybody came. They were introducing. It was like a business card was being passed across everywhere. Say, well, remember something? There's food somewhere. Citizen two is a man that owns a farm. He will treat you nice. Good customer service. Everything is lovely. Everything is nice. And by the way, it's pure organic. Woo! Everybody wants that. Glory to God. <laughs> so, citizen two started making money. His bank account started filling up. He opened more. He had expands. He expanded his, uh, his agriculture, his livestock, and more poultry, more piggery, more, more cattle. He started bringing all kinds of things started happening. His bank was getting bigger and 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 bigger. Somebody say bigger. bigger. Until one day, the king died. And he said, we need a new king. So the citizen one came and said, I'm the king for today. They said, what have you done? You don't have money. You've not contributed to our lives, to our community. When there was farming, where were you? It was citizen two that we saw. So all the elders of the town came and said, let's make citizen two our king. The man that was supposed to be servant, remember, he felt he wasn't born great. But we were all created great, but not born great. Now my question to you is this, citizen two became the king, and the man, citizen one, that was supposed to be king tomorrow, now came and said, will you employ me to be one of your servants. Woo! Servants riding on horses and kings walking on their feet. The race is not swift. Man at the battle to the strong. Doing greater things. Doing greater things. It's not for you to receive a, pro a prophetic word and then you sit down and then you do nothing. He said, I've received the prophecy already. They prophesied. They lay hands on me. They pour a bottle of oil, a tank of oil upon me. Oh, that is it right now. You still have to do something. You still have to do something. You still have to increase your capacity. Your capacity, your relationship for people, your friendship, your sphere of influence. You still have to enlighten that. Your academic qualification, everything that you have, your eloquence, your aura, written communication. You've got to change everything. You need to improve. Even the way you eat, even the way you drink tea. Some of us, the way we drink tea, you can't drink tea with the queen if she invites you tomorrow. He's carried a cup of tea. <laughs> the queen will look and say, excuse me, what was that? <laughs> I saw the etiquette manager as Kate 
was receiving, Prince William's wife was receiving an etiquette of the palace out to drink tea. You put your hand around the andu, and then you put the little finger at the bottom. Of, that's why they don't use mugs like us. <laughs> because your hand can't go under the mug. So I have this nice, lovely china. So your little finger goes, and then just, you know, as you're drinking, you're looking around. Change the way you drink tea from today. <laughs> Our general was here, Pastor here, before he became the general was here, after he got his PhD, he went for a job interview. And they gave him tea. You know, this is a high power interview. They gave him tea and every other thing. And um, as he, he took the spoon, and as he was staring, the, as he was staring the thing, the thing was drinking, and then, and guess what he did again? Just carry it. Down. He said, drinking tea with the spoon. Is there next person, please? When he told us his story, he too was laughing at himself. He said, wow. Now, what we're saying is, if we are ever going to do great things, we need to understand the power of preparation, getting ready, getting focused, getting versatile, and then seeing beyond the ordinary. How do we do greater works? You see, Jabez cried to God. He had all kinds of disadvantages working against him. He was born as an honorable man. But guess what? Because of the way the mother gave back to him, the mother gave him a different name called sorrow. And ever since that sorrow sticked upon his head. You see, a man is as his name. Well, you need to change your name. You know, I'm not necessarily saying you have to go to your birth certificate and change some things. People might be calling you certain names right now that are not palatable, that are not nice, that are negative, but I tell you, I double dare you to tell them and say, that is not my name. I am not a loser, I am a winner. I am not a failure, but I am a success. I am not barren, but I am a carrier of precious babies. I remember when I got married to my wife and then First year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. We didn't have children at all. And we were pastors. We were ministers. And we were telling people, you're going to have twins. And they would say, amen. And they would bring twins. And we would go and dedicate the twins. But we didn't have children. Suddenly one day we were holding a meeting and then all the pastors were in a room and we were all praying together. And then I called one of the pastors and said, can you do the closing prayer, I mean the, the prayer to round up so we can all go to meet the church and we can continue the, this all night Holy Ghost service. And then instead of praying the prayer, guess what he did? He faced me like this. And I was wondering what he was going to do. And he said, barrenness is a curse. You see, while in school, I learned some karate. <laughs> so as soon as he said that, the spirit and the Tabasco sauce of karate started flowing from my ankle to my knees. And he was getting to my, to my ties was about to get into my waist because when it gets to your waist, you start swimming inside it. 
And I'm just going to say, can't go quite shit. I was going to say, can't say. And the Holy Spirit is so beautiful. Romans 8.26. Likewise, in our weakness, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. We don't know what to pray as we ought to pray. The Holy Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings that words cannot express. And the Holy Spirit said, I bring it to my remembrance, the word that I've hidden in my heart. He said, his word have you hidden in your heart that you will not sin against him. And he said, children are the heritage of the Lord, Psalm 127. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Happy is a man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. And they shall stand against the enemy at the gate. He said, your children shall be like the olive trees round about your table. Your wife shall be fruitful in your vine. And you will live to see your children's children. He said, wealth and riches are in my house. Because the children of the mighty shall be strong. The children of the righteous shall be strong. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. I said, and looking at the scripture, the Holy Spirit was bringing about in split seconds. And instead of beating him up practically, I smile at him. We are now on the same level. The way you are talking from is different from the level I have come to. I may not have a child right now but the babies are coming. I'm a father of a boy and a girl today. No, you see, people might have looked at you one kind, your family members, your friends, your colleagues, church members, you know, people, even the people that don't like you, they might have looked at you somehow, put a kind of tag upon your head and say, this is who you are. You are not what they say you are. You are what God says you are. You are victorious. You are fearful. You are empowered. You are rejuvenated. You are renewed. You are refreshed. You are recreated. It's a new day for you. It's a new beginning for you. All things are passed away. All things have become new. The weapons of the enemy formed against you cannot prosper. Shall not prosper. Will not prosper. So you need to understand that. How do I get myself to this point? <laughs> Every time I want to go there, I remember the scriptures again. I remember the examples. A man called Dr. Mike Murdoch, when he was growing up, he, taught, he, he used to talk a lot in the house. And the father who was an intercessor was getting worried and said, this boy talks too much. He's going to talk himself out of his life one day to people out there. Suddenly one day the, the mother called the father and said, shouldn't we pray to God that God will give our son word that the whole world will hear. And look at him today. A man of Wisdom. Wisdom. God turned his story around. God turned his story around. So what am I going to do? How can I, am I going to do these greater works that I've been called to do? Number one, you have to change your mind first. 
Your mind must be changed first because you have received too much junk from people who have called you name, who have sized you up, who have belittled you, who have made you to be reduced to nothing, who fell as if you are nothing. You need to go and renew your mind first. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 say, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and do not become Transformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. He said, for we all with open face behold as in a glass the glory of God. And we are transformed or we are changed from one level of glory to another. You need to change your mind first. You need to sit down or look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I am fruitful. I am productive mentally, emotionally, biologically, financially, in business, in ministry. I see myself on top. Ah, I see myself on top. Oh, I see myself on Even when the devil said, no, you are down. He said, I may be down, but I'm not out. I see myself on top. Number two, doing greater works. How do we do greater works? You need to keep learning. Keep on learning. Keep on learning. Stop. stop don't stop learning. Learning from the church. Learning in the marketplace. Learning in the media. Learning in, 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 in all in politics. Learning. Financial learning. Many people in church today, they lack financial intelligence. They lack communication intelligence. They just talk anyhow. They don't know there are protocols for saying certain things. There are protocols for not saying certain things. It's why are times to be quiet, especially when you're the midst of great people. When you're the midst of great people, don't talk about yourself. Ask them questions. Say, how did you get to that level? Have you ever failed? Have you ever, what made, what, what drove you to success? Miles Morrow, when he met uh, my, uh, the present president of America right now, uh, uh, he, he asked him and said, Mr. Trump, how did you get to this level? What drove you to be successful? You know what Trump told him? He said, failure drove me. Failure. Have you ever failed? If you have failed, that's not the final. There is room to succeed. Hallelujah. Keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. He said, the wise man will hear an increase in learning. And the man of understanding will also increase in wisdom. Number three. How do I do great things? How? You got to find yourself good people to associate with. Associate with good people. People that will, that, that will provoke you to come out of your comfort zone. People that will not just text you, but they will phone you 20 times. They will go, they will text, they will tweet, they will tweet at you. They will send all kind of message to you and say, get out of bed. It's time to do great things. He said, really? He said, but I have failed. Failure is not the end of life. People that have succeeded have failed so many times. But it is still there. If they stay there, we won't be where we are today. 
There won't be planes, jets flying in the air. There won't be electricity. There won't be, there won't be all kinds of things invented all over the place right now. There won't be Ford, Ford cars all over the world. There won't be Apple. There won't be Microsoft. If people have failed and they remain at that level, but people came out of their failure and they became successful. As we share with the right people, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Verse 9, he said, two are better than one. Two are better than one. Somebody say, well, I just want to get out of here and I'm, not going to, I'm just going to go and travel the world. I just want to be all by myself. I don't need nobody. Really? You don't need nobody? So they ask. They ask him and say, so how are you going to get to the airport? <laughs> he said, in a taxi. He said, who's going to drive the taxi? You see what I'm saying? You need somebody. Stop sitting down with one pity party somewhere and say, well, I don't know what has befallen me. I don't think I'm making any progress. Oh, I don't think my account is getting buoyant. I'm spending more than money. Oh, I don't know. I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. I don't understand how my life is. You know what? Shine your eyes first. See the future. Associate with the right people around you. Number four. How do I do greater works? You need to have something to offer the world. Have something to offer the world. Sit down and say, what can I do? A lady in our church was working in McDonald's. But every time we have maybe a little, uh, little get-together, she's the one who volunteers to do the catering. She does the catering. Beautiful cuisine. Wonderful cuisine. One day I was so provoking my spirit. I said, now I command you in the name of Jesus, go and resign in McDonald's and go and start a catering business. He said, hey amen. The following day went back to McDonald's. I said, what did I tell you? <laughs> Suddenly he sank into her. I can have a catering business. She's really a catering business now. Yeah. She can really, really cook. What can you offer the world? Look at killing, stabbing, knifing, all kind of shootings everywhere, all over the place. My wife was fixing her hair. She loved to fix her hair, you know, in North London. And right as she was getting ready to finish at the salon, there were five gunshots in North London. I say, what happened? He said, we just stayed indoors until the police came. <laughs> that would have been serious. We were living in North London sometime. My daughter came home one day and said, Dad, this is getting serious right now. Do you know one guy just entered the bus with a long knife as long as my arm and started threatening the driver. And we were so terrified at the back. And then he saw us. He ran to the back charging with that knife. I said, oh God, that's why you need to lay hands on your children as soon as they're going home every day. Don't quarrel with your children. Even when they are grousing you, making you upset, making you hungry, stick cuddle them. <laughs> Even when they don't feel like it, especially when they're teenager boys with all those nice calls, you know, with one brush in their pocket. I'm talking from experience. There's one in my house. There's one in my house. One brush inside this jacket, another brush here. They wave up to just <laughs> said, Dad, touch my waves. I said, I've seen it. He said, he said, it was just charging down. And I remember, God, your 
angels given charge over us, lest we dash our feet against the stone. Our going out, our coming out is preserved. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2, we are blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in our body, blessed in our basket, blessed everywhere. We are blessed, we are, we are, we are blessed everywhere we find ourselves. Glory be to God. I look at her, made up my mind and said, that's it. I started looking for houses everywhere. I went to Stevenage. The houses were nice. Lovely houses. I came around. Axis of M25, 8, I saw some nice houses there. I said, oh God, I think I'm going to settle here. This one you can easily go to Etro. This one you can easily go to Central London. I think I like this one. Packed everybody. We came. After one year, I said, how do you feel here? He said, we feel much better. What can you do to help somebody? What can you do to help a couple that are struggling? They've never been on holiday, but the children are stressing them. What can you do just to, just to just, just spend some time with the children and ask them to go on holiday? Just send them on holiday somewhere. What, what, what can you do to help somebody who is struggling academically? What can you do? You are brilliant. What can you do to just impart them? How, how, can, how, can, you, how can you encourage somebody who is depressed, who is down? A lot of churches are not talking on depression. What can you do to talk about depression to help the people in the church and in your place of work? What can, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do to help this community? What can you do in this house of God? Everybody is serving, everybody is enjoying serving, and you're just watching like this. You say, what can I do? They've not asked me. They don't need to ask you. You just need to come out of your shell and say, sir, ma, can I do something? I, want, I think I have this idea. When you have the idea, I tell you to run it. Then you own it. And something good is coming out of you. And you have something to give to the world. Hallelujah. When you give, it shall be given to you. And in good measure, press down, shaking together and running over. Amen? Amen. Number five. How do I do greater works, greater things? You need to wage a good warfare. You need to fight for your life, for your destiny. Fight for your wife. Fight for your husband. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughter. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 18. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his mind, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Because our rescue is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. They take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil days and having done all to stand. He says, stand therefore with your loins, God, with the belt of truth, with the, with the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod, with the sandal of the gospel of peace, and lifting up the shield of faith against all the fiery darts of the wicked. He says, put on the element of salvation and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and verse 18 say pray pray all manners of prayer and supplication in the spirit all the saints you need to wage a good warfare you've received a prophecy you've come from a nice home you've come from a Christian background you went to a nice school going to a nice school doesn't mean you will be, you will be in control in the marketplace 
And guess what I've discovered? You need to understand that God has a plan and purpose for your life. You need to believe that. And then that will energize you to fight for your destiny. Fight for your tomorrow. Fight for your household. Fight for your community. Get down on your knees in prayer. Pray in all manners of supplication. In the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in your understanding. Sing in the spirit. Sing in your understanding. Waging a good warfare against the accusers of the brethren. The Bible said in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. He said he has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt us. Come on, jump on your feet, somebody. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, shout it. Say, I'm ready. To do great works. To do greater things. I'm stretching to the right. I'm stretching to the left. I'm moving above. I'm moving forward. I'm swearing like the eagle. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. Begin to declare it upon yourself. Say my brain is calculating better. My brain is rebooted. My spirit is rebooted. My soul is rebooted. Just like you reboot a computer, it comes back to life. I'm coming back to life. My system is coming back to life. My spirit my soul, my body coming back to life my marriage is coming back to life my business coming back to life my associations are coming back to life my destiny coming back to life my way I pray coming back to life my praying in the Holy Ghost coming back to life my word knowledge coming back to life my relationship with people coming back to life my communication coming back to life all my undertakings coming back to life my marketplace undertaking coming back to life. Everything coming back to life. My body's rebooted. Everything is rebooted about my life. I refuse to be ordinary. Say Lord. Come on say it with conviction. Say Lord. I refuse to be ordinary. As you say that. In your heart, what are you thinking right now? When you say, I refuse to be ordinary, are you laughing at yourself or did you really mean it? If you really mean it, what, what you just said right now, say, I refuse to be ordinary. Then tell the Holy Spirit and say, through me, do extraordinary things. Increase my wisdom, increase my knowledge, increase my patience, increase my tenacity, increase my influence, increase my joy, increase my peace, increase me on every side, increase my relationship, let my joy increase, let my love increase, let everything about my life, in my spirit, my soul, let it begin to increase, oh God, let my network increase, let my gross intake increase, oh God, let my commitment become I'm stronger and better. Oh God, let my giving increase. Let my worship increase. Let my prayer increase. Let my relationship increase. Let my impact increase. Let my influence increase. Let my health, let it spring forth and increase. 
you're going to tell God and say, God in heaven, I paralyze everything that is not of God, that is walking against my life, walking against my family, walking against my destiny, walking against my body. I paralyze. Every Pharaoh I paralyze. Every Egyptian I paralyze. Somebody open your mouth. Open your mouth say I paralyze. I paralyze every activity that is not of God. Every satanic activity. Every Pharaoh activity. Every Egyptian activity. I paralyze. Oh God in heaven. Oh God, I paralyze every power of the enemy, every power of evil, every power of destruction, every power of limitation, every power of hold up, everything holding me back, everything slowing me down, everything holding me down. I paralyze in the name of Jesus Christ. I blot them out by the blood of Jesus Christ. I take authority over every foul spirit. I come against them. Everything that is not of God. I arrest them. Everything arresting my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I arrest hunger. I arrest bitterness. I arrest hopelessness. I arrest strife. I arrest unproductivity. I arrest unfruitfulness. I arrest lack in my life. By the blood of Jesus Christ. I arrest them tonight. Let our story change tonight, oh God. Let our story change tonight. 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 Thank you, precious Father. With every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody's looking left and right. And you're saying your heart, oh God in heaven, I'd like you to fight my battle for me, oh God. I've been struggling in this particular area. Oh God, I'd like you to fight for me today. Let today be the defining moment. I want to soar higher. I want things to be different. I want things to be swift. I want things to be better. I want to be greater in my aspiration. In all that I'm doing, God, I just want you to fight for me. I'm struggling emotionally. I'm struggling financially. I'm struggling mentally. I'm struggling maritally. I just want you to fight for me and, and Lord help me in those areas oh God do you know God is here to hear your cry with nobody looking to the left and to the right you say God I'd like you to fight for me today just wave your right hand wherever you are I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to ask that God will touch you and minister to you wherever you are. Every struggle, every battle in your heart that will become God's battle right now because God will begin to fight for you and you begin to hold your peace. And these Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. Father, I pray today these arms are lifted to you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, they have come unto you today, O Lord Almighty Father. Of their own, they can do nothing. But 
if God be for us, who can be against us? For nay, in all these things, we are more than conqueror through him that love us. My Father and my God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you say, these Egyptians who see, we shall see no more. He said, for the Lord will fight for us and we shall hold our peace. Oh God, that rule in the affairs of all men, whatever might be the situation that these precious people are dealing with right now, they need your attention. They need your help. They need your support. Release your mighty hand because our lives are in crime in the palm of your hands, oh God, and our walls are continually before you. Oh God in heaven, let your mighty hand touch their hands right now. Fight for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Emotional battle, financial battle, physical battle, oh God, mental battle, marital battle, academic battle, marketplace battle, oh God, spiritual battles, oh God in heaven, I pray, fight for all this and lifted right now and let them begin to receive victory, 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 receive victory. Somebody shout, yeah! The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. Do I see if you are holding something? Say, that's my peace. I'm holding my peace. I'm holding my peace. That peace that's been stolen from me. That anger, that bitterness, that strife stole that peace. Oh God, I take my peace back. I hold on to the peace of God that pass all understanding. The peace that the world cannot give. The world, the peace that no, no system can give. That's the peace of God. I hold on to my peace right now. And then go around and slap about five people and say, peace, 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 peace. Peace, 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 peace. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless everyone.